Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode number 54. I'm your host, Brendan Carey, and today I'm joined by the mountain man himself, back from the wild frontier, Adam Sink. What up, Adam? Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> is, is that what they say out in the frontier? That was, that was the Mr. Burns thing. No, uh, <laughs> what they say out in the frontier is MAGA, you libtard cook. That's that's what they say a lot about there. <laughs> wow, that sounds shitty. It was pretty amazing. Uh yeah, I was I was really digging it. No, no, that sounds terrible. So I didn't just, get killed by a moose. So you just got that. back from Alaska, right? I just got back from Alaska. And you were in about Alaska two for days like ago. Two weeks. Two or some weeks. Shit? Two weeks. Oh my. And yeah, <laughs> it just for a week and a half straight, it just rained and you couldn't do anything. Oh, that so sounds great. All outdoor activities canceled. Any trips that I was going to go on canceled. It was just sit inside and and watch the because the ocean's too stormy to go out on the ocean and we were near all the fishing villages so there really wasn't anything to do take a book i did take a book well, there you go buddy yeah so i, I got some reading done and sounds great books of the south tales of the the black company glenn cook series so i got about 500 pages into that dude dude i could go for some of that sitting in the in a little house listening to the rain on the roof reading a book sounds fucking amazing yeah so you're surrounded by a bunch of other people who are all pissed <laughs> off because they can't go out fishing and they want to like complain about it to you and oh. then tell you all about how liberals are ruining america then you're just like okay i i need to i need to not be here right sounds now. like a lot of downside there uh, did you manage to get any games over the last couple of weeks? No, Because I mean, so, no, you left almost immediately after I crit hit. I left almost immediately after crit hit, so I got nothing accomplished. It was it was like crit hit, go home, work on Survivalism 3, pack, leave, come back, and then like spend two days just sleeping. I just spent like two <sighs> days sleeping trying to recover from the trip. I'm looking forward to some sleeping myself. Um, so we're going to kind of do like a quick episode. Here, you know, for me. I mean, uh, it's the end of the month, and I th- hope that very soon here, Adam and I will be on the ground in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. Gen Con Fifty One. Gen Con Fifty One. We're gonna be, we're gonna be in that shit. We're gonna be fucking. L- last year was the test run of Gen Con. This year we are Gen Con vets. We know, we know the the the, the lay of the land this time. Yeah, we're gonna be right? all up in everybody's business this year. Yeah. We're coming prepared. This time we're we coming got prepared. Flyers. We got business cards. Business cards. Business cards. This time, guys, we're gonna be like, yo, get at me. Get yep. it, Full Metal RPG. Here's my card. Yep. Check out the tasteful thickness. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, I am really stoked. So I imagine there's a lot of other people out there who are making their Gen Con plans and who are, like, packing their suitcases as they're listening to this, and we'll see you all very soon. If you're there, please do attempt to get at us. Um, Right now, our schedules are filling up. We're going to be running games there. Yeah, we're going to be running games. Uh, Adam, what are you running? I'm running Gears of Defiance. It's a game that was recently on Kickstarter. We actually interviewed the creator, Ryan Shun, here on... Full Metal RPG, so if you check out our back catalog, that interview's in there. I talked to him. And you're going to be running? Uh, I'm going to be running Trail of Cthulhu Trail for Cth- Pelgrane. Uh, so you'll be able to find me in the Pelgrane room. I'm running four sessions of Trail of Cthulhu. Two of them are a regular old uh, Trail of Cthulhu brand, Trail of Cthulhu. 
uh, uh, facts concerning the property on Hill Street. Both of those games are sold out, but I don't know. Like maybe if you're really interested in like getting one of them, one of them is on Thursday and one of them is uh, early Saturday. Uh, you might come around and see if anybody has dropped. Do um, the Hannibal Lecter? Kill them, cut their face off, and wear it. You could do that. You could do that. That's that would be very appropriate. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other game I'm running is uh, Trail of Cthulhu, Cthulhu City, and that is a little different. That's a that's a different way to play Call of Cthulhu or Trail of Cthulhu, and uh, the adventure for that is called Exit Wound. I've been running that twice, once on Friday at 10 a.m. and once on Saturday at uh, 4 p.m. Is that right? 4 p.m. Anyway. Uh, the It'll be there and it'll be yeah, being yeah. run. That's all sold out too. Yep. But again, if you want to come and you want to try and get one of those games, maybe somebody dropped, maybe somebody didn't show up, you know, come haunt the Pelgrain Room. All right. That is I'll be running... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 4 to 8. Thursday and Saturday are sold out. Friday is wide open. So if you want to get in on it, look for that. Friday is wide open, guys. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Of all the games to be wide open, Friday? Friday. Come yeah, on. Thursday filled up, Saturday filled up. Friday? Nah, no one wants to do it on Friday. That's weird. I yeah. told them, I told them, put me in two games on s- Saturday because I don't want to deal with the crowds. And then subsequently, I bought a ticket for Mantic Night at Gen Con, where Mantic Games will be showing off some of its new board games, and they'll be talking about Dead Zone. Cool. And um, if you buy the ticket for it, which is on um, ManticGames.com, you can get uh, you, you get a, you get a free vehicle for uh, for one of your armies. So like uh, so essentially, the ticket costs less than the price of the vehicle. Plus, then you get like a gift bag when you show up that has other stuff in it. Plus, then you get to like hobnob with Mantic. Just buy tickets for all the vehicles you want. <laughs> just, just like, like, just give me vehicles. Keep handing them over. <laughs> then you get to hang out and like you know talk Mantic stuff with Mantic developers. Um, so that's very exciting. That's Saturday night. I'm very stoked for that. Uh, I'm gonna be saying what up to some uh, friends of the show while we're there. I'm uh, carving out some special time to talk to Alan Barr. And, uh, we to, just saw him at Crit Hit. We just saw him at Crit Hit. We're just going to make some time to talk to him again. And then, um, you know, because I didn't really talk to him at Crit Hit. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's, I barely he was said, pretty busy. Yeah, he was. He was busy and then he we were running busy. the whole time, yeah. So I didn't really get a chance to hang out with him, so I'm making some time to hang out with him uh, at, at <laughs> Gen Con. And then um, I'm going to say what up to a friend of the show, Mark D.S. Truman. While he's there, he's going to uh, Magpie Games is sharing a booth with um, the IDGN. So uh, I'm going to swing by there, and I'll pr- I, pr- I imagine I'll see Sarah Doombringer while I'm there, so I'll say what up to her as well. Um, and then, dude, this is the year that fucking none other than Diogo. Yeah, Diogo's going to be there. Diogo's going to be out. I mean, and that played a pretty big role in my decision to, to go. Right. Because, you know, he he, can, he only he goes, goes every other year. Yeah. And then we were going to talk about going every other year, but we were, we were off schedule with him. And so I think that... We were supposed to see him. I think I volunteered the two of us to go see him on Thursday night at uh, like a burger joint that he knows. Oh, all right. So we're going to go eat burgers with the yogo. So anyway, anyway, that's kind of our like rough plan as of right now. As you can see, it's already those precious gaming hours are already 
disappearing. We got the live dungeon thing too. That's, oh yeah, yeah. yeah we're uh, the true dungeon thing. You're, true do, dungeon. you're doing true dungeon with uh, with with uh, DM Zemo, right? Uh, one of us is because there's so there's we both have a slot on the earlier one. Yeah. And then, which is Friday at like eight fifteen, and then there's another one where only one slot's open. So we got to figure out, yeah, who's the, who's the one who's who's going. We're gonna have to figure it out. Um, cool. So that's Gen Con. Get at us. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to there, man? That is like anything that is just like burning you up, like to think about, like like you're just like I just can't wait to get that such and such booth and just talk to these guys. There's not, I don't know. It's uh, there's there's stuff that's definitely on my list of things to find. I'll be kind of casually curious about the V5 stuff that's coming out there. Like I I definitely want to hit that up and I kind of wonder what the it. lines are going to be like. If there anything like the I don't know cuz those lines last year for Fantasy Flight which I was interested in and Starfinder. Starfinder were ridiculous. ridiculous. I wasn't really interested in Starfinder, but that fantasy flight line was so stupid I didn't even get in it. Yeah. And so if that's what the vampire lines look like, I'm going to say, no, thank you. But it was Gen Con 50, so perhaps attendance was higher because of that. Attendance is going to be high again this year. Yeah. I figure Thursday will be the day to hit up anything that I really want to see. I really want to talk to the Shadows of Estrin guys again. They were oh, really yeah. cool, so I yeah. want to go talk to them, and I want to go try and find the... um. The uh, the wildfire the the um Cthulhu Tech guys again. Had <laughs> to say, hey, it's been a year. Yeah. How's that game coming? Yeah, any what's, closer what's to that look like publishing it? Because well, they did the pre-release beta thing that was on Drive Through RPG, which yeah, I that was at. like out when we were. That there. was out when we were there, so it's we're gonna see. So I want to talk to them, and then I don't know. I want to stop by the Modifius booth and check out. Well, but they're gonna be the V5 booth, so maybe I won't make it into that booth because if the line's crazy, then. Oh, right, because they're doing the distribution. Right, so it's a question of that. will White Wolf have their own booth where they're doing it, or will they be doing it at the Modifius booth or both? Oh, God, and I hadn't even considered that mess. Yeah, I hadn't either, so that's, that might be a thing. So we'll see. My guess Ugh. is they'll probably let White Wolf handle it, and they won't do it at their booth because it's not their property, but who knows? Who knows how that works. Yeah. Um, let's see, do I have anything in particular? I'm really geeking out over Mantic a lot lately right now, right. so I'm really stoked to get down there. Um, the North American community director uh, has already talked to me a little bit, and he's going to actually be on the show in early August oh, cool. to talk about the Dead Zone Outbreak summer campaign. Um, and then the local Pathfinder, Brian Wade, been in communication with him. He like, a Pathfinder is like an outrider, like a G- old GW outrider kind of thing. Right, like the community organizer guy exactly. for the region. Exactly. So he, um, he and I are talking about getting some demo games at uh, Games U, perhaps. Um, once, uh, once we get back from Gen Con, because he'll be out there. And uh, then we're gonna start that uh, Dead Zone summer campaign. So All I'm right. really stoked to. Well, talk if we get to orc models again, <laughs> well, let me I, know. I, dude, I got a ton of work models. You want? Do you? No, I have like GW work models. Just play them. Oh, all right. Just play them. Just yeah. play them. Just show up. Be like, just here's my Marauders. Em. Yeah, dude, it's fine. I don't care. Oh, okay. I don't care. It'll be fine. Um. All right. So I'm really stoked for that. Uh, I'm kind of curious about what the vampire scene is going to be like while we're out there. Uh, Zach Sabbath is going to be there, and I'm uh interested to talk to him, see what's going on with him. And um, and apparently and, and, his booth will have security. Yeah, apparently. And 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 I, well, I really want to talk to him about his Demon City because if mm-hmm. you've been following the 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 uh, 
Kickstarter for yeah, that? Yeah, I kickstarted it, so I've been getting the updates. Yeah, it's just I'm very excited about that game. I just kind of, you know, want to rap with him about it if he has the time to. Yeah, it looks cool. And, um, like, what else? What else? I had some other idea, but it's already fled my mind. Oh, I'm going over to um the the uh Forge World booth, and I'm gonna get uh you know Realms of right. Darkness, Realms, Realms of, of Chaos, Realms of yeah. Chaos, yep. Slaves of Darkness. Yeah, because that's because that'll be there. So because that looks that. awesome. Yeah, man. Did you do you have a Rogue Trader core book? You do. You bought that vintage one. Yeah, I bought the old out. soft cover. You gotta come out to uh to to Alex's place and play in the Rogue Trader game with us. All right. You gotta yeah, come play. I should do that. Dude, you should. You should come do that. Orcs. Orcs. Everyone loves orcs. Um, so uh let's see. So that's kinda what's going on with Gen Con and uh that's uh that's our Gen Con blather. Uh and you you haven't had any chance to play in any games, huh? No, I've done nothing. I I mean it's yeah, it was all We've been kind of away from the helm of the uh FMRPG club. We have. We turned the reins over to some other people and they've been running things and We've been letting them do it, and that's going to be the case this week as well, because they're so going to handle it there. while we're at Gen Con. Yeah, and so yeah, we've we've been we've been lax in our duties. We've been shirking them. Well, I wouldn't say that. It's like we've been doing other stuff that you know requires a, requires <laughs> our attention. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that vacation required my attention, but it certainly did impact what I was trying to get done. Mm, so yeah, they do that those vacations, um, and I I did manage to get in one game. Subse- or subsequent to our last episode, you did. You were telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. I ran, I ran, um, Trail of Cthulhu, Cthulhu City, and I ran the 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 exit wound, the module that I am gonna run at uh, Gen Con. And let me tell you, dude, again, fucking Cthulhu City. That source book is written by our our our, our buddy, dude, Gareth Ryder Hanrahan. The guy's fucking awesome. He's so ridiculous. Are you do you know the conceit of Cthulhu City? Do you understand what it is? Yeah, you've explained it to me. Where it's like it's a city that's run by the what would be the cultists in our world. Yeah, and effectively you're the cultists trying to work against the kind of dark uh, architecture of the city or the the yeah. dark government of the city. Exactly, and it's like the the city's called uh, Great Arkham, and it's like it's like it's not on any maps. And you've never met anybody who's like moved there or moved from there, but then you sort of find yourself there, and it's one of those kind of things where you're like, you know, your memory of it and what it is kind of like subtly shifts, and the the streets are kind of alive and like reorganize themselves, and the the city itself has a sort of strange sentience that that, that ensnares you and. It, it, your attempts to leave it, it like draws you back in. Um, so kind of like Dark City, dude. It's 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 uh, uh, the the easiest analogy is Dark City. It's it's, it's Dark City, um, but when you run it, it really feels like um, what if you were doing a, a haunted house game, like the uh, tale of you know, say James Magnus or whatever. Only instead of a haunted house, it's like a haunted city. It's like this big haunted city. And it's just a really great take on Cthulhu. It's like just totally, it's totally different. Um, it was really fun to run. Uh, the Exit Wound module uh, is 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 not as like forward in terms of its design as uh, facts regarding the property on Hill Street, which I think is just genius. This is a bit more of like a straightforward. 
like game. It's it's very complicated. There's all kinds of little little oh you can go this way you can go that way kind of things. But then and so that's why I wanted to run it before I got to Gen Con. But then I just kind of found like oh well it's you know it's a noir game where some it's people basically are tr- a path. Yeah, people are trying to find something mm-hmm. and like you know if they are point you know, A, and then the thing that they're trying to find is point Z, and basically you're just getting them there. You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, there's some stuff that happens in the middle, but it's like it's it's about just getting in that direction. One of the things I do really like about those games is how, um, st- like, how they do just move from one scene to the next very organically because of the way that the clues system works inside of Gumshoe, and it's just like, you're just like, um... You know, people walk into a scene and then they observe stuff and then they draw inferences from it and they discuss those inferences and then usually the thing that they say is, oh, well, we should go look at this next thing. And then there's a list of of subsequent scenes and it's like, oh, well, it's probably the thing that they're saying is going to be one of these three things, you know. Um, and the and the the course of logic that the players take tends to kind of loop around these various things so they get to see a bunch of different facets of the storyline. So they never really get stuck. There's always something to do or somewhere to go. Yeah, There's yeah. There's no locked door problem. <laughs> There's no locked door problem. And and I, I will say that when I was running the, the regular Trail of Cthulhu module, um, the Hill Street module or Hill House module, um, uh, there was a moment where they, they kind of got a little bit snagged by an idea. And they, they started taking this idea in a weird direction. And there's like... You know, I think you, as a experienced Trail of Cthulhu GM, you probably have to learn to get better about how you're going to address that when they because because the game itself is about interpretation of clues rather than the gathering of clues. You know, so if they interpret it in some wild way, then it's like, uh, you know, what you, what the fuck are you gonna right. do? You like know, they find the black hair and they go werewolves, and you're like, no, it's yeah, not werewolves. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, exactly. That's ex- that's a hundred percent it. Uh, we we got this figured out, yeah. guys. Case closed. It's werewolves. Start buying silver bullets. If there's yeah. no werewolves in the game. Yeah, yeah. Ba- basically, you called it. There was a full moon. I know it was a werewolf. No, that was <laughs> yeah, just a setting yeah. thing. I don't. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're like, man, I was just trying to set the mood yeah. with the uh, full moon. I mean, Come on, it dog. Didn't need to be werewolves. It's, yeah. There's no werewolves in the game. But this, there's no werewolf anywhere near here. Yeah. Yeah, we found uh, so, the werewolf. So I ran that, and that was fun. Uh, I ran that with Alex and uh, Heather, and uh, we had a good time with it. That was just seriously like, a couple days ago. Um, pretty stoked. Pretty stoked about that. Uh, did you have you bought anything recently? You picked anything up? So here's the thing: about when you <laughs> go to Alaska. Alaska, I did not see a single gaming store there. There may have been one in Anchorage. But, like, I got a fairly good amount of time in, like, Soldana and Seward and Homer because it wasn't anything to do because it was just raining. I didn't see gaming stores. There's probably one in Anchorage because that's, like, the big city. Um, but there weren't anywhere I was at. So I was kind of like, huh. And maybe there's Alaska listeners out there. If we have any, I'd be shocked. But maybe there's Alaska li- who are like, <laughs> actually, there is a place, and you just didn't know about it. You didn't find it. And I'd be interested in hearing about it. But um, Yeah, yeah, Alaska listeners, tell us all about those... Uh Alaska game stores. But we yeah, it was Red Markets know. was the last thing I bought, so it's Have you had a chance to crack that yet? So you, I've been reading Tiny Wastelands. I read Tiny Wastelands instead. So I, okay, is that out? 
That's PDF is out. Oh, the PDF the is out. The book is, is, is not is out. It like the finished PDF with like the illustrations. No, so they've and released stuff? some errata and they've they have more illustrations and some other stuff. But the PDF was out, so uh, I did read through the PDF um, just because I love Wasteland games, and I was like, okay, cool. Like this is a system that I can work with. It's pretty simple. How, how did you find it? What were, what were your feelings on it? I think it's interesting. It's a, uh, I mean, the mechanics on it are dead simple. It's basically like you roll two d six. If you have advantage, you roll three d six. If you have disadvantage, you roll one d six. Disadvantage always overrides advantage. So if you have both advantage and disadvantage, you only roll one d six unless you have a piece of unique gear, like special gear, because it's special. In which case, that will override disadvantage. So you roll three d six. That's basically the core of the game, and you're looking for a five or a six. You get a five or a six on any die, you succeeded, otherwise you fail. Um, completely simple mechanics, and then there's little tweaks or modifiers that'll help you, mutations and advantages and things that'll help you succeed or get advantage on roles or kind of influence other people. And yeah, I mean, it's there's. it seems like it'll be fun to run. It seems like it'll be fast. Right? Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of bookkeeping with it. So, it definitely seems like it's a very fast kind of game. Um, you know, Jim Miller said he likes using tiny dungeons to run D&D modules. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. Uh, I picked up uh, Tiny Dungeon 2nd Edition. At, oh, that's right. At, uh, I did get that. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both got that. it. And we both got uh, the silent moment or what? A single moment a or single whatever? single moment? Yeah, single moment. We got yeah. that one as well. Those are both Alan Barr games or from Alan Barr's company. Right, right. Somebody else wrote the, um, the single moment, single yeah. moment game, but that's like a samurai game. It's kind of that's that's an interesting game. Yeah, it's like you two people. You start out. You're on a bridge. You're about to have a duel, and then the rest of the game is you deciding how you got there. Yeah, it's like you role play the scenes that led you to this moment where you're getting ready to kill each other, and then right. you can like roll like a die or something to see mm-hmm. who kills who. Yeah, <laughs> like, at the very end of it. Yeah, lol. that's kind of the culmination of it. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's not even necessarily that, because I was talking to one of the guys about it, and he's like, oh, it could actually start out as like you're a man and a woman standing on a bridge like in you know a Bridget Jones' diary movie or whatever, and like how did you get there, and how does the situation resolve itself? So Interesting. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, that's kind of like a, a interesting two-player game. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't really support more than two players. So And the page count is very low, so yeah, you can, like, read it really quick. Yeah, it's pretty... It's real thin, so it's... Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I've been reading Tiny Dungeon, and it's the... The simplicity of it is remarkable. You know, it's just like, um... If you, if you just want to play a fantasy game, you know, and I'm not talking about, like, an OSR game, or I'm not talking about, like, a, uh... Like a um, sword and sorcery game, but if you just want to play a fantasy game, but you don't want to get bogged down by a bunch of like bullshit, you know, where you're like, oh god, you know, levels. Do and, I have use rope? Right. Yeah, like uh, what 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 feet tree am I gonna follow? That kind of thing. Right. You can just go like boom, like okay, boom, we're playing a fantasy game. Like imagine the world, you're in it. All right, we're playing. Yeah. You want to play Princess Bride? Let's go. Yeah. Or even something just like completely weird, you know. You can just be like, "Oh, we live in a floating city, like full of you know crystalline birds, and and you're a rogue." Go, you know. what I'm saying like, all right. I mean, and that's remarkable. I think it's great. And it is a very, it's like a little small kind of digest size soft cover you can that you can literally just keep in your backpack. And like he was saying, he was on the show, and he was like, "Yeah, you just keep it in your backpack with some note cards because you can make a character on a note card." And I mean that's like the ultimate because if you're a if you're a GM and you're doing the con thing where you're making everybody make a little tent 
with their name on it, then you have the note cards with you anyway. Right. You know, so you're always, you always have everything you need to play the fucking game. Right. That's what I love about here's some fucking D&D. Yeah. It's like, get a note card. Here's a one page printed or front and backside printed mm-hmm. document. Here's some fucking D&D. Yeah. And you can just run it. Go. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, <laughs> I've been looking at these like big 500-page rule books lately and just feeling exhausted. I'm like, oh, man, I got to read like a 500-page rule book to play this game. Like I saw the um I saw the they, they released the table of contents for uh Warhammer 40K Wrath and Glory. And I was like, oh, man, 500 pages. Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot of pages. It's a lot of reading, and I'm just being a whole bunch of that. It's like about like how what the ranges on bolters are and stuff. I'm just like, I don't know if I care. I, I guess for me, I have the opposite problem because if it's a bunch of fluff, I already have all that. <laughs> like, I don't need to read it. I don't know? think it, I don't think that's gonna be fluff. I think that that's I I looked through it and I don't think it's gonna be a, very, a super fluffy book. Uh, yeah, a, we'll yeah we'll have to see. It's I I hope it's not because I don't need another. Introduction of in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only oh, war. Oh, well, there like, will be that. Like what we don't need to spell out what the Imperium is. Oh. We need to spell out what the Eldar are. It's like I there, know all this. Don't stuff. worry, there will be that. I there know is, there will. There be. is no doubt. But it looks like they get that over pretty quick. What's interesting is that is that they are talking about this issue of balance, and I've seen this table that's on it, where um you're supposed to choose the tier of the game that you play, and then based on the tier, it will have um different character archetypes that you build your characters off of. So it's like uh, all the like, there's all the like, oh, I'm some dreg from the, you know, the... the I'm hive scum. Yeah, I'm the yeah. hive scum from the shit ass of the universe mm-hmm. and I'm over here, I'm a tier one. But then when you get to like tier three, it's like Space Marine, Orc Knob, Eldar Warlock, like all this Which cra- is weird because in that quick play adventure, it's... Here's a guardsman. Here's a commissar. Here's a sister of battle. Maybe here's the, an inquisitor, and here's a space marine. The and I'm sister like, of battle is actually they they break up the different sisters of battle throughout a whole bunch of different tiers, like you're, you're like different kinds, like levels right. of experience. So who knows? I think it might. I think it might have legs. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll be interested. I've always wanted to run a 40k game just because I really like that universe, but it's. It's a hard <laughs> yeah, sell. It, it 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 is, man. People are you know once burned, twice shot. Yeah. Um. So, uh, let's see. I guess that pretty much covers it, huh, man? That pretty much covers that it. Covers it. Did we get any new patrons? I don't think we did. I didn't. I I, I haven't. I haven't looked. I I seriously have not like gotten on the internet yeah, really the right. last couple of days. I've um, just been in a coma. I have no excuse, but I will. Uh, I will. We'll, we'll catch up on that in the next installment. The next installment. I will say, um, I did. It did. I did see that uh, Rob Heinsu and Jonathan Tweet are both going to be at Gen Con. So if you're planning on coming to Gen Con and you're a 13th Age fan, and Which you want me. to get your book signed, you should bring your book. I'm thinking about taking some of my Gareth Ryder Hanrahan books and seeing if he's there, and just hoping that he is have him have him sign. Yeah, hope he'll sign them. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna be carrying so much shit. I'm gonna be breaking my back. Before you leave today, I want to talk about the bag situation on the airplane. Yeah, anyway, we'll figure that out. So we'll do a little quick break, and we come do back. Do we want to talk about our sponsor first? Oh, why don't you do that? All right, yeah. we're sponsored by the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, on McClintock and Southern. Game Depot in Arizona has our gaming needs. If you want board games, Warhammer, uh. The uh, the D and D miniatures they've got those they've oh, got yeah. Hero Clicks magic cards 
role-playing games, anything you could possibly want. Um, so yeah, check them out. Tell them we sent you. If there's anything that you have heard about on the show that you specifically are going in there to look for, let them know. Let them know that we went in there. Helps us, helps them. Um, yeah, we love the Game Depot. We run our Friday night game club out there, so stop in and see us on Friday, every other Friday night. We love the Game Depot. It's, it is my preferred place to play every time. Um, and yeah, so when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some zines real quick. I've got a zine review for you, and then, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll chat, and we'll wrap it up. What do you think? Sounds good. See you uh, in a few. See you in a few. And we're back with more Full Metal RPG. We're going to be doing a zine review. So, Brendan, why don't you go ahead and let us know what you're reviewing. Yeah, um, today I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm reviewing a couple of zines from uh, when I got back into role-playing. Uh, the zines are Vacant Ritual Assembly and um, The Undercroft. So without any further ado, getting back into role-playing has been a long, weird journey for me. It's taken me to some interesting places. I guess you have to leave so you can come back uh, to see things differently, I mean. Is that a thing? It seems like it might be. I got back into role-playing in 2014 with Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I hadn't played a game since 2012, and I had sold off all my collections over the course of 2011. I, had, I held, held on to a couple of books for nostalgia. While the new D&D seemed cool and seemed very much like what I had hoped D&D 4th Edition would be, I heard about another game, a game with a title that was hypnotically weird and tantalizing, and it drew me in. At that point, Lamentations of the Flame Princess had a very small fan base. The OSR was a nascent movement, and LOTFP books were both few and hard to find. I went to Strategicon that year to find some more materials, such as the then-out-of-print Vornheim, or this new book that was taking the internet by storm, A Red and Pleasant Land. <clears throat> I didn't find either of those books at Strategicon that year, but I did meet Mario Torres, Mario is a gifted and insightful sequential artist who was touring a number of OSR zines through Southern California at the time. He introduced me to two LOTFP zines, Vacant Ritual Assembly and The Undercroft. Vacant Ritual Assembly is a fanzine curated by Clint Krauss detailing the world of his nautically themed LOTFP adventure. It's a brilliant idea, really, and while I know why I never had the stones to do something like this with all my years of running games, at the outset, it was a breath of fresh air. I mean, GMs churn out a prodigious amount of material, right? Maps and towns and creatures and strange customs. Why sit on it? Why hide it away in a binder? The art in VRA was pretty rough, sort of like what Patrick Stewart and Scrap Princess were doing with their early collaborations, though I didn't know it at the time. The layout is pretty sophisticated for a zine. I could tell by looking at it, it was developed using some kind of dedicated computer program that I couldn't replicate the contents at the time. The material that VRA covered became the springboard for the Driftwood Verses, a full-length LOTFP campaign setting that Clint and Cassie Krauss kickstarted a couple of years ago. The Kickstarter is long overdue, but I don't care. I loved VRA, and I know the Driftwood Verses will be great when it finally comes out. The other zine I picked up at the time was The Undercroft. 
The Undercroft was produced by the Melsonian Arts Council starting in 2014. So I guess I got it when it was new. I get on, got in on the issues with the red paper covers. I think they have since been colored in. The Undercroft is very different from VRA because rather than selling you a campaign setting by piecemeal, each article seems more like a drag and drop idea. There are a lot of different authors for the Undercroft, and some of the articles are very weird. There's this sort of fantasy weirdness vibe that you get from each idea, though each one is well executed and well written. Issue 1 features a piece by Daniel Sell himself, detailing a location in which the lawyers of the area are duelists and gives you pages of adventure hooks around which to frame a story. The layout of each Undercroft issue is a bit more rudimentary, and there is little by way of original art in each issue. Instead, the illustrations are borrowed from open sources on the internet and designed to make you feel both ill at ease as well as a tinge of another time and place. Both books were very reasonably priced for that time. I lost track of them uh, and and lost track of keeping up with the hard copies, which makes me sad, honestly. I love to hold them and go through them. I wish there had been subscription services for them at the time. Now I do my own zine along with a host of other talented members of the community. Reliquary, Under the Dice, and Tooth Chipper are not to be missed. But I have Vacant Ritual Assembly, The Undercroft, and Mario Torres to thank for inspiring me all those years ago. Cool. Sounds great. And I'm sitting here kind of flipping through them while you're reviewing them. And they're really neat looking. I really (laughs) like the the little boat fishing village uh, art page in Vacant Ritual Assembly. That's super cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just really difficult to understate how rad those those magazines seemed when I came up upon them at the time it was just like they were so unique they were they were just like what the fuck are you serious like all this I mean just stuff that you would never see like at a game store because well, that was still when we were very much in like the polished product phase right back in back in that time i don't remember being too deep into the indie weeds i i would say i mean you what you and i as people yeah me as a person in particular like i don't think i was that deep in the indie weeds back then at all oh no 2014 2015 this this was it was like my gateway like uh lamentations of flame princess was my gateway drug into this whole new era of gaming and what's kind of interesting is that when i bought dnd fifth edition i bought it at a um store in Pasadena called Game Empire and uh they had this magazine that was um that was uh done in the style of the old Dragon magazine with all the same fonts and stuff and but it was called Gygax magazine okay. and it was supposed to be like uh this return of Dragon magazine with like the old authors and the old art style and I just went nuts I bought as many of them as I could um, went home, I subscribed to it. And literally, if you go down to the very, very bottom of the Full Metal RPG Instagram feed, I think the very first picture is the cover of like Gygax issue two or issue three or something. And I wrote on it, not even understanding what was going on in the greater role playing world, like, join the Renaissance or something like that. Like, I didn't, I had never even heard the words old school Renaissance at that point. Right. But still, I was like, I was like, it's all back. Right. Everything old is new again, and um, I was just really biting on that vibe that was only then just really starting to show up. And uh, fucking hell, man, it's just been so great just 
interacting with that world of gaming over the last, you know, three, four years. It just, I mean, it's like everything old is new again, but somehow it's better. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that was one thing I bought that I don't know if I talked about. I got the West End Star Wars Anniversary Edition. Oh, yeah, you bought the WEG Star Wars. Right, so I bought that, and that's actually first edition. It's not second edition, which I already had. It's the first edition. Oh, really? And I've kind of flipped through it, and I think I prefer the second edition still more. (laughs) Um, But as an artifact, it's fascinating, and it's just one of these things where I'm like, man... And that may just be because that was what I interacted with. You know, it might be like me looking at the Vampire Masquerade first edition being like, tut, tut. Second edition is vastly superior. And I've met people who are like, oh, no, Vampire Masquerade first edition was where it was at. You don't know what I'm talking about. And it really is, I think, just the the version that you interacted with first. But, yeah, we're we're seeing all of that stuff. Like, literally old things are coming back as new products being re-released. And it's fascinating to see. And there's something out there for everybody, you know, if, if... Dungeons and Dragons isn't your thing. You can try 13th Age. If that isn't your thing, you can try DCC. If that isn't your thing, you can try Lamentations. You know, there's just so many different flavors and variants of things you can do. That's what's so funny is that Mario himself is this big DCC guy. Like, he had all these DCC zines there at his table, and I was like, oh, man, what you got for Lamentations? And he showed me these two things. He's like, here you go. I'll sell these to you if you want them. He goes, but what you really want is this this magazine. I think it was called uh, Crawl with an exclamation point. And uh, he's like, my friend writes this. Oh, yeah, there's X-Crawl and Crawl the Games, right? Well, X-Crawl is actually, is it Goodman's, Goodman Games? Goodman Games, yeah. It's like that whole reality show, show Dungeon Crawl, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I was really feeling that. But um, is that what it was? Maybe it was called Sprawl. I think it's called Crawl with an exclamation point. Anyway, it was. it's like it's just like fan-generated uh, DCC content. And he's like, he's like, this Lamentations of the Flame Princess stuff is fine. But you know what's the best? Dungeon Crawl Classics. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was my first interaction with that whole... They have an incredibly passionate following. I like, know. I bought Mutant Crawl Classics and a ton of the modules for it or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, I'm reading through them and they're, they're interesting. And from a post-apocalyptic lens, they're interesting, but it's, I find them just like a little too much like you go here, and then from there you can go into this room or this room, but those rooms both lead you to this spot, which leads you to this room, and you know, they're very kind of, That's interesting. go here to here to here to here to here. I mean, I've, I ran that one DCC module as with LOTFP rules, and um, I mean, it is just one module. I can't really speak to them as a as a genre but i will say for that one module you're right like um basically there's two or three different ways to getting to one spot right and that was sisters of the moon furnace that one that got run for me at um at new mexican because i went and i looked it up afterwards and i was like i really see this and that was a the goodman games gen con 2017 book it was in that because it was dinosaur crawl classics and then that and like one other thing um and yeah, it was in there, and I was like, all of these paths just lead you to the same spot. Like it, it's, it's not linear, but it's not non-linear because it's just branching paths that, right. that meet back at the same point, branch out again, meet back at the same point. It's that kind of um, illusion of the sandbox. Yeah, that you kind of create as a GM where you're like. Where you're like, oh, it's a sandbox, but everybody ends up where I want them to end up anyway. Right, and I think it's interesting when you're playing through it, because I didn't see it that way. But afterwards, when I was looking at it, because 
there was a point when I was playing it where we went down two separate paths and we ended up meeting up again. And I was like, that's weird. And so that's why I wanted to look at it and find mm-hmm. out how it had happened. And I was like, oh, it's designed to be that way. Yeah. It's designed for if you go this way and if you go this way, you still end up in the same spot so you don't break the party up entirely. But I suppose that's kind of like their answer to the locked door problem is that uh, if you come to a locked door and it's frustrating, there's another way to get get to it via a different door yeah potentially it's yeah it's just fascinating and and it's a different way of approaching the games it's i'm still kind of tentatively interacting with dcc um and kind of forming my opinion about it and so i like i'm playing in in that uh, colette's running that one for us and i'm playing in that one and it's not a funnel and i like that a lot better than the funnels um I think the funnels are interesting as a concept, but I just think they kind of like after you've played through it a few times, you're like, okay, great. I I want to experience like the actual game now where there's magic right. and stuff in it. Right, yeah. And so that, that's that been interesting, kind of gratifying to interact with. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I've got Mutant Crawl Classics. I've got Red Market. i got all these like really thick books. Mutant Crawl Classics, super thick book. Dude, Dunder I Crawl know. Classics, super thick book. Red Market, super thick book. And so... Yeah, dude, I am really excited for you to run Red Markets, man. I am not going to lie. I'm I'm stoked for that. And then we were talking about um, a Las Vegas um, that you, me, Richard, Yeah, that one sounds fascinating Chris to are me. Gonna do. Yeah, I'm really stoked for that one. And then, um, you know what? I picked up uh, fucking that Lovecraft-esque at Crit Hit. Yeah. Dude. That was a waste of money, was man. It? Did I it was bum you out? So I, because okay, so I ran because uh, it's not particularly Lovecraft, right? Well, you know that's not the problem. Okay, I, I'm fine with it because they they say inside the book they're like there's not gonna be any fucking Shoggoths or fucking Cthulhu's Star or shit. Spawn, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like you're gonna have your own monsters in this. It's just that is that we're kind of trying to get the feel and the story structure of Lovecraft. I'm like, cool, that's rad. I like things that are a bit more literary. But the problem to me is, is first of all, it's what Jamie at Rex calls a, a parlor game, where it's like, like there's no campaign mode. It's meant to be played in a single session that's three to four hours, right? Um, it's got like three to four players, so you can't have a big table. And you know me, I, I like to, I, I don't like to have a huge table, but I like to have my friends over. Right. Then, like seriously, you're you're like three pages into reading this fucking book because I got home from running um, uh, Cthulhu City and I was like all jazzed for Cthulhu. I'm like, well, maybe I'll run some more of this shit. And I was like, well, what, what does this indie book have to say? What takes does it have on the, on the on the way to run these games? And maybe I'll find something in here. And the first, like right away, they're beating you over the head with like, oh, this is what's allowed in this kind of scene. This is the stuff that's not allowed. Like, like, oh, it was, it was like, it was like violence and evidence of violence are not allowed until the very final scene. I'm like, I'm like, come on, really? Like, right? I'm that, just, kinda, yeah. I'm yes, just like, that that doesn't make sense. And yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, the 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 thing it, is, is 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 it's not a thin book. It's there's 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 probably a couple hundred, there's there's over a hundred pages in this. Maybe fucking you just thing. gotta treat it like it's a pirate's code. They're more like guidelines. I dude, don't know, dude. It's, but that's the thing is, there's so much that whole book is designed to tell you how to run it. It's like it's it it has these very exacting like rules on how to run this particular game. And I just don't know that I'm interested in it. I'm just like, you know what? You can keep your fucking weird little like hipster horror game. I don't think I even give a shit. Yeah, you I kind of felt that way about Dungeon World when I read it the first time though, because it was very much like here's how you structure 
a scene. Here's like a little template for you to fill out. And and once I actually yeah, got experience true. with it, it was like, oh, I don't have to do that at all. That's just the framework to get me thinking that way. Yeah, but this thing has like cards. There's like these like cards. Oh, that's shitty. And then yeah, and then there's like there's like these. Oh, th- this scene, this type of scene has to come before this type of scene. And there's all this stuff about like like what the person who is playing the witness, which is like the only character, it's like you've got four people playing, but only one person gets to play the character in any given moment. Control the the character rotates around. They're like, right. oh, make sure to remind the person who's playing the witness that they have that they have to talk about these certain things with their character. I'm just like, dude, it's like so micromanagey. Hmm. It's like so micromanagey. There was a Kickstarter I saw recently too that was like that was um so micromanagey in the Kickstarter about how you're supposed to play the game and what material is going to be in the game, what material isn't going to be in the game. And I'm just like, yo, like, is this is this my game or is this your game? You right. know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Because I wanted to pick up that Ten Candles, which is kind of like a parlor-style game too, I think. And everybody says it's so good. And everybody says it's so good. And that's one that I wanted to look at at Gen Con because I was like, yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about Remind this. Remind me to, about to that. pick it up. Remind it's me about that. It's on my list. Because there are hard copies I learned recently. Yeah, there are hard copies, and it's like, yeah, I was going to look at that. I might flip through. I I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if I want to flip through Dread or not. I want to find a way to remove the skill component from that game still. Don't let me leave Gen Con without a 10 Candles copy. Don't let me do it. Well, if there's only one copy, we're going to fight for it. So, Dude, I'll let you take Red Markets. (laughs) It's true. It is your copy. You're right. It's your turn. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So uh, what do you think, man? You got, you, got, you got anything else for the for the for the cult? I think we will have a lot more after we get back from Gen Con, uh, or we will oh. just burn ourselves out and we'll throw all of our role playing books on a bonfire and be like, "We're never doing this again." One fucking hopes. So if if you're at Gen Con, come and find us. We'll be hard to miss because we'll be wearing the swag and we'll yep. be handing out flyers to anybody who isn't just like running away from us in horror. And um, business cards. Come get a business card. Yeah, no shit. Come we can trade business cards. Limited edition business cards. Yeah. I'll invite <laughs> you over to my penthouse apartment. I'll give you a drink. Listen to Huey Lewis. We'll listen the news. to Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> I'll kill you with an axe. Or you'll think that you will. Yeah, or I'll think that I will. I don't know what it is. Um. Yeah, so we're there. Come find us. Come hang out with us. We want to interact with you. Then we'll be back with a bonus episode the week after Gen Con where we will be talking to Community Pat from Dead Zone and Mantic Games because we've got a lot of Mantic Games stuff coming up and we're stoked. I think, you know what, you know what, Adam? It's time to do the thing. All right, if you're looking to interact with us before that Gen Con wrap-up, you can find us on Instagram at Full Metal RPG. That's a good place to get at us. We're very active there. We're on Facebook, Full Metal RPG. Search for us on there. We've got a page. Like it. Get all of our updates. See all of the engaging content that we post there. Don't really have a Twitter, so don't bother looking for us there. <laughs> Twitter's a cesspool. <laughs> we couldn't contain ourselves to 140 characters if we tried. Um, if you want to find us on email, send us an email at fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. And it's not the at symbol fullmetalrpg. It's just fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. Hit us up there. Uh, at, yeah, fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. And our website, 
fullmetalrpg.com. Last but certainly not least, uh, you can find all of our reviews posted there and all of our episodes posted there. You can leave comments on them if you would like to. Um, and you may also leave comments on the SoundCloud if you are listening to this on SoundCloud or if you're on iTunes, I guess you're just going to download it to your favorite player and play it from there. Uh, that's about it. As always, big shout out to our sponsors, Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. Find us on Patreon. Oh, and page, the uh, Patreon. Our, our, I forgot our, the Patreon. Our sadly neglected patrons on Patreon. <laughs> uh, is I, I swear to God, we're so close to being over the hump, and then we're going to be back at like really seeing to your needs. July was uh, a disaster. An- Between another Gen Con prep and crit hit and my ill-timed vacation, July was basically a slaughterhouse for all my ambitions. So August is going to be the month where I rededicate myself. I'm getting another year older. I'm going to buckle down and rededicate myself. I'm entering the second phase of my life. Oh, the second half. The second half. Oh, you turned 40 this year? 40. Hey, I turned 40 in a couple months. Yeah, I Ah, turned 40. Hey. It's coming up. August, August 4th. That's the date. Wow. Yeah. Sigh. It's going to happen at Gen Con. What? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. We'll have to talk about this off the yeah, air. Yeah, we can talk about it off the air. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, uh, cultists, uh, get at us, and we'll see you at Gen Con, and we'll see you at Gen Con. We'll see you later. Later days.